Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, Start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. Turn first-round picks like Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. The Volume. All right, NBA fans, basketball is officially back, and the DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. Here you go. New customers can get $200 instantly in bonus bets by throwing down just 5 bucks on the NBA. That is a good deal. Win or lose, doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant W. A win. DraftKings parlays, everybody's got a shot to even more basketball wins and bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets. It's called a parlay. Same game parlay. Build your parlay across multiple games. And what does that give you? Better odds so you can make a smaller bet and win more money. I like doing them. I like parlays. They're fun. Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action. And with DraftKings, you will be. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. It's fun. 10 bucks, five bucks. It's fun. It's juice. I love it. New customers, $200 instantly in bonus bets by betting just $5. Yeah, you heard it right. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The code is Colin, C-O-L-I-N. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS, licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, everybody. Um, Interesting, interesting Sunday. So in the first window, all the best quarterbacks won. And I do think Will Levis is going to be better than Desmond Ritter. Uh, he had four touchdowns today, but but mostly the best quarterbacks won. You know, in the afternoon, Russell Wilson beat Mahomes. We'll get to that in a second. But it was a day in which the, the better quarterback, Mahomes, was sick, mostly won. Um, I thought, you know, I've said this before. It's one thing if your brother or sister was more successful than you and lives in another state or across town. But if they're more successful than you and they're your neighbor and you can see the cars and the beautiful house, it stings a little. 
it's one thing for Brock Purdy to struggle, but when he struggles at home on the same field with Joe Burrow, it's not great. And Burrow was brilliant. And Kyle Shanahan watches that and knows that, you know, he lost to Mahomes in a Super Bowl. And Kyle Shanahan knows his dad won Super Bowls with Elway. And Kyle Shanahan was a coordinator and had Matt Ryan and got beat by Tom Brady. He understands it, uh, that he's had a Garoppolo or his dad had quarterbacks uh, in his career in Washington that weren't up to snuff. So when you have Burrow playing brilliant today and Purdy had that late fumble, What's the knock on pretty small hands, small hands equal fumbles. He got hit from behind. He had a really bad red zone interception, the kind of interception you just can't make. You probably couldn't find one of those in John Elway's career or in Patrick Mahomes career. You can't throw an interception when a guy's three feet from you. He had another interception in the game. So now, now Purdy can make throws. He threw the ball two or three times today. Tony Romo pointed it out to George Kittle. Really big time throws. So I, I still think Brock Purdy has talent, but he's a seventh round guy. He's smaller, doesn't have a big arm, mobile, not fast, smaller hands. And I thought when you juxtaposed him with Joe Burrow today, same field, it really looked obvious. And, uh, and, and, and by the way, I saw this all day today. Jalen Hurts with Sam Howell. Sam Howell's competent, but Sam Howell on the field with Jalen Hurts, last couple of drives for Washington, next to last drive, Sam Howell, uh, Missed on one receiver. He had to go down. Much more catchable ball if an elite quarterback threw it. Then he missed another guy, threw to the wrong guy. And that when you get a Hurts and a Howl, and organizations have to make decisions, or you get a Burrow and a Purdy, and organizations have to make decisions, it's really clearly the gap is massive. I mean, we saw Kirk Cousins, you know, outperform Brock Purdy. That's one thing. You're on the road. At home, kind of ugly. And uh, so, you know, I, I, there's an argument to be made, and I don't think it's crazy. You know how like, years ago you're like, well, you can't draft a kicker. Well, they're often the leading scorer on your team. Of course you can. <laughs> of course you can draft a kicker. Um, you know, you can never take a running back in the first round. There's been a lot of great running backs taken in the first round and have been wildly productive. Um, it's okay. You could probably make an argument, and Belichick did it about every second or third year, that you should draft a quarterback every year, every year. Even if you have Tom Brady was in New England, they were still drafting a quarterback every year, every single year, almost. And uh, I mean, Garoppolo got drafted in the second round and Brady was winning Super Bowls. So um, I, I just look at San Francisco and you can say, well, you know, they, they, they really missed on Trey Lance, but they hit on Brock Purdy for a seventh round talent. Uh, C.J. Beathard, that was a little bit of a miss. Uh, Garoppolo trade, that was a semi-hit, got to a Super Bowl. It's okay. Draft a quarterback every year. There's an argument. There'll be some years you take you take two quarterbacks. You take one early, second round. You take one late, sixth round. It's the only position in football that's worth more than a point. Think how good Jamar Chase is. He's probably worth one point a game in the NFL. And he is sensational. How about that sideline catch dragging his foot today? So I just thought when you put Purdy and Burrow on the same field, in Santa Clara is a bad look. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, a couple times Purdy came back to the sidelines and you could see the facial expression of Shanahan. He wouldn't make eye contact with Purdy. <laughs> when your dad was really mad at you and wouldn't make eye contact, just look to your mom and grimace. There's a couple of those looks. So uh, in Cincinnati, they're a very funny team. They just can't play in September. 
due to various Joe Burrow injuries. But I said about three weeks ago, uh, they were getting outplayed by the Rams and won, got outplayed by the Seahawks and won. Now they're outplaying people. Uh, this is a really good football team. Don't worry about Kansas City. We'll get to that in a second. Cincinnati's a really good football team. Weapons, run game, can play a little power, star quarterback, pass rush, playmakers. Really good football team. What to do with Kansas City's loss to Denver? Well, Patrick Mahomes was sick. Uh, I mean, most of us take a day off when we're sick. We don't play in the hardest sport in America. But I think what, what you saw um, today, you saw two things. First of all, Denver now has a run game. And Sean Payton has decided to play younger defensive players. They move off Randy Gregory. So they're playing with a much uh, livelier spirit defensively, right? You know, you, you, you let the young kids drive the car. They're having fun now. They're playing a little faster than they were the, a month ago. And they're running the football. I thought their game plan was great. Running the ball. They've got a couple of capable backs. And it, what it does, it takes Mahomes out of rhythm. And Mahomes, uh, not that he needs rhythm to be successful, but any quarterback wants to get in a rhythm. So when you sit on the bench, it's a seven-play drive. It's a nine-play drive. You're sitting on the bench watching. It's cold. You're sick. You're on the road. It all adds up. But there were two plays in this game. And this is really what you worry about. The trade deadline is Tuesday. So they've already made one move at wide receiver, but there was the Rasheed Rice drop in the first half, really bad drop over the middle of the field. That was going to be a substantial gain, bad drop. Then Sky Moore, uh, I wrote it down here, Sky Moore had a drop for a touchdown in the end zone. This team is not a great team. It's got a great coach, a great tight end, a great quarterback, and a great Chris Jones in the defensive front. It's not a great team because in football now, weapons matter. Cincinnati's got them. Philadelphia's got them. The top teams in this league, uh, Detroit's got them. Dallas could use one more, but C.D. Lamb. Weapons matter. They don't have an elite wide receiver. I'd argue the Chiefs not only don't have a one, they don't have a two. Rasheed Rice is nice. At this point, he's a three or a four. Maybe by the end of the year, he develops into a two. So they go to the Jets. They get a wide receiver who knows their system. He's a three to a four. So I, I do think it's something. I, I think against the Cincinnati or a Baltimore, and I think right now those teams are as good, and they just have more speed on the outside. You know, Odell Beckham, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, even Nelson Aguilar for Baltimore. These are veteran players who have been around. They can make plays. So I, I, there's a lot of things that compounded Mahomes' uh, flu today on the road. Denver's running out of rhythm, lots of drops. But I would say the margin for error for Kansas City is slimmer this year. Uh, think about it. Name the game they look great offensively. They haven't. They had a great first half, did the Chiefs against Brandon Staley and the Chargers defense. They had a great first half. They really haven't put together a great game like what Cincinnati did today, where you really felt you were watching a Super Bowl-level team beginning to end. I mean, you watch Cincinnati, interceptions, defensive plays, sacks, strips, uh, Jamar Chase, Burrow, long drives, quick drives. Uh, you know, when they, when they get the interception, turn around, Burrow to Jamar Chase, right side end zone, like quick strike. Like Cincinnati today, that's a master class on how to beat a really good team in the 49ers. Kansas City has not had one of those this year against a semi-quality team. Great half against the Chargers, who are a bit of an undercoached mess. So I, I wouldn't make too much of it, but I think it's a reality of what Kansas City is. They let Tyreek Hill go, agreed with it for all the picks they got, but they're really young. Sky Moore, Rice, they're really young wide receiver. And those guys aren't superstars. They're developing players who potentially become, become really nice 
complementary two and three receivers. I don't see Sky Moore as a one. Rice could be a really strong two, uh, but this is Travis Kelsey's team. You're right. Go look at the targets and the catches today. This is Travis Kelsey's offense and Mahomes and Andy Reid. Third thing, you know, I was thinking about the Green Bay Packers. So everybody privately in that building knows Jordan Love is not it. And they're not winning. Pittsburgh lost today, but Pittsburgh's winning more with Kenny Pickett. And so you probably think, well, they're in a better spot. But I don't think Kenny Pickett in the AFC is going to go toe-to-toe with Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Mahomes. Come on, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. He's not. He's just not. He was viewed as a top-of-the-third-round pick by two GMs who I have great admiration for. Uh, one of them's got Super Bowls. Okay, He was a, he was a top-of-the-third, middle-of-the-third pick. But the Steelers needed a quarterback, and he was from Pittsburgh. So they're going to give him more years than they normally would because he's a local kid. And because their defense is so good, they're winning games, although not today. And also, Matt Canada is going to take the heat, the offensive coordinator. So Pittsburgh's going to stay with Kenny Pickett a while. He's not winning Super Bowls. He's not getting to AFC championships with the quarterbacks he is now facing in the AFC. Green Bay's in the weaker NFC. Jordan Love's from Utah State. Small contract. Nobody in that building thinks he's the guy. What's the loyalty? The loyalty's to winning. Favre, Aaron Rodgers, they knew they weren't going to hit a legend three straight times. So you can say, oh, Green Bay's not winning. Pittsburgh's viable. But Pittsburgh, to me, because of Kenny Pickett's local connection and because he'll win enough games and you can blame Matt Canada, Steelers are going to stay with Kenny Pickett for years. And I just think, he's a gutty kid. I've never been a huge fan. Greg Cosell likes him more than I do. He's fine. But he's not, spe- there's no special. They didn't have a special arm, not specially athletic, not specially big. He, he, he's a guy who's got a little spirit to him. Well, he's a tough kid, a little swagger. I like it, but he's not great. But they're going to stay with him a long time, right? Pittsburgh's done this in between Bradshaw and Big Ben. They stuck with a lot of quarterbacks longer than they should have. Green Bay's going to move off Jordan Love. They're going to draft another quarterback. I mean, everybody in that building, they're not going to say it. Green Bay is full of nice people. It's the Midwest. He's a good kid. He's worked hard. They don't want to bury him. I mean, two weeks ago, he plays poorly. The coaches are after the game beside themselves. They fly back, talk amongst themselves. Next day, they blame themselves. Come on. He can't score on scripted plays in the first half. (laughs) He's not it. Stop blaming play calling. You have the wrong quarterback when you're blaming play calling. He's not the guy. Good kid. Not the guy. I mean, how many first halves are we going to watch scripted plays with an offensive coach? They can't even move the chains. Punt, 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 punt. So the wise guys love Green Bay this week. They, I, I'm Chad Millman trying to talk me into it. I'm like, I can't. I'm, what I'm watching is a backup, not a franchise guy. Kenny Pickett, you could argue, is a lower tier franchise guy. I think it's a reasonable argument. Uh, you know, somewhere between 20 and 32. Jordan loves to me is a backup. Nice kid, moves. Doesn't see the field particularly well. Judgment, eh, that was always the knockout of college. But Green Bay is going to move off him rather quickly. They're going to draft a quarterback. They drafted a quarterback last year. They're going to draft a quarterback this year. And Green Bay doesn't have a lot of needs. They've got the receivers they like, the young receivers. They have the young tight ends they like. They need to get somebody to be the next David Bakhtiari. They've got backs that are capable. They have an elite corner. They have good guys in the front seven. Like Green Bay does not have a lot of big needs. Probably a left tackle, probably another tackle. It's a good year for tackles, by the way. You can get that in the second, third, fourth round. But um, you would think today, oh, Pittsburgh's in a better spot. No. Green Bay's got no connection to Jordan Love, could move off him tomorrow. They're just nice people. It's a good organization. 
They want to give everybody a second or third chance. And because they've had so much success with Favre and Rodgers through the years, like Michael Jordan, you know, he wins titles, he leaves, he comes back, he wins titles. You had those fans tied in for another eight years, even if you were the worst team in the league. Green Bay is not losing any season tickets because they take a step back for a year or two. Not a lot to do in that town. And they've had so much success for 30 years with Favre and Rodgers. You're not going to, you're not going to draft three legends in a row. But they have no connection to Jordan Love. They're going to move off this pretty quick. And now for a segment called Making It Look Easy, brought to you by Morgan & Morgan, America's largest injury law firm. Dak Prescott made it look easy for touchdowns, 304 yards. It was one of my favorite picks of the weekend. Cowboys and Monday night, Detroit at home, bouncing back off that loss to the Ravens. Uh, the Cowboys have now won nine straight at home. Dak Prescott's always very good as a big home favorite. Just like Dak made it look easy, Morgan & Morgan, over 100 offices nationwide. They've claimed over $15 billion for over 300,000 clients. They have more than 800 lawyers. They make it look easy. Fighting for the people for over 35 years. Fair compensation. They will fight at Morgan & Morgan for you. Winning in the NFL is hard. Hiring Morgan & Morgan is easy. Go to forthepeople.com slash Colin or dial pound. 529. Check out America's largest injury law firm, Morgan & Morgan, making it look easy. For a limited time, you can save up to 40% off on an NFL Plus premium annual subscription when you sign up through Plus Play from Verizon. Plus Play. It is a platform where you can shop, manage, and save on the subscriptions you already love, like NFL Plus. With NFL Plus Premium, you get access to live games on mobile, NFL Red Zone, NFL Network, and more. So you can watch multiple games all at once on any screen around you for updates. Never miss a touchdown. That's simple. And for fantasy players, NFL Plus Premium makes all the difference. Access to programming like Fantasy Live through the NFL Network, Red Zone for tracking player performances on a Sunday, access to live local and primetime games, access to Fantasy Plus. Just go to verizon.com slash NFL to get NFL Plus Premium today. 40% off, that's 40% off an annual subscription, just $59.99 for the full season. Get it before it's gone. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? 
That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Three and out, John Middlecoff, former NFL scout, Dallas and Dak are very good as home favorites when they're big home favorites. They play downhill. When that team gets the lead, Micah Parsons pins it back. They're a really, really good team. They don't play well from behind. Uh, if you have an, an elite corner and can take C.D. Lamb out of the game, Dak gets really limited. I mean, he and C.D. really play at a high level. That's a that's, It's not Burrow-Jamar Chase, but it's really special. Um, and, I, and I think Dallas is a bit of the ultimate tease. About every third week, they just kick the you-know-what out of somebody. <laughs> Everybody gets all worked up. Whereas Baltimore narrowly wins all the time. What they do to Detroit is rare. But in the in the AFC, Baltimore wins narrowly, four, three, like today. They kind of ugly it up and win. And they just sit in the woods. Dallas, if you asked average fans, they think they think Dallas is up here and Baltimore's down there. But Baltimore can win from behind with a lead. I trust Baltimore, a better both sides um, of the ball, complete team. But Dallas does this. When they get a lead, it's very Buffalo. Buffalo's built to play with the lead. They get, they play downhill. Uh, then you don't know if they're running or throwing. Josh Allen on play action. Um, so it, I, I don't feel differently. I think the Rams are a bit of fool's gold. And I, I said on Friday on FS1, I thought this was going to be separation weekend between the ego, you know, the pretenders and the playoff teams. And the Rams have been doing it on coaching. They have one really good player in their prime. I mean, they need. I mean, they have a really good punter out of the draft, a left guard, a receiver. They have to hit about four more home runs in next year's draft. They have about seventy million, I think, in cap space. Rams are not an elite team. Well, two things: Dallas's blowouts all look the same. Pick sixes, huge special teams plays. That game was over in the first quarter, which was kind of nice because there was about seventy-five games going on this morning. You're like, I don't really need to pay attention to this one. That 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 thing was over so fast. The other thing. You know, sometimes in college when Pac-12 teams in the non-conference play a Midwest or an East Coast team yeah. and it's that 9 a.m. kickoff? Well, the Dallas, how often do they play because of their brand a home game at 10 a.m. West Coast time? So pretty big disadvantage for the Rams. Obviously, I would imagine McVay in and out of the office throughout the middle of the week. But big picture for the Rams, why would you not entertain trading Aaron Donald? He's 32 years old. What would Belichick, Walsh, this is an opportunity. McVay's grandpa was part of that Niner team. Obviously, you know, he's one of, I guess they've obviously had some great offensive players, you know, with the Kurt Warner teams, but the probably the best defensive player, one of them, uh, definitely of my lifetime. If you could get a first round, obviously you get a first round pick, but a one and two twos, you need to reset the franchise. I think that has to be on the table. They're not going anywhere. Now, I mean, the Niners are in second place in that division. Seattle's clearly pretty feisty. They're going to be a playoff team again. Why not? You're not even essentially blowing it up because you still have good offensive pieces. You're just getting more draft capital so you can pivot with a guy. 32 will be 33. Let's 
great defensive and, players aren't usually humming at 35 years old. Yeah, and he was dominant early in that game today. So you you I don't I to me I feel like with Aaron Donald because of his cost and his age you get two twos. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you get a first and a I, I think you could get a one just because of the bidding process. You know, it's like it's like a home. If you're just bidding against yourself, you can kind of lowball. Once multiple people come in and he's just too elite of a player at such a premium position. I think that it might start that way, but so many contenders would bid like McCaffrey last year. The Rams had him for a two, a three, and a five. And then the Niners are like, we'll give you a two, three, a four, and a five. So it, it would just drive up the price. I, I do think you get a one, and maybe it would be a one and a two and a, a three. The fall. Who knows exactly how you'd structure? I do think you get a lot right now. For a team that's going nowhere, he's clearly their only asset that they could trade and still net a lot back. Has to be on the table. And like you said with Dallas, you're just not going to play the Eagles like this, which is who they're going to try to beat. You're going to have to beat them in a real game, right, where you're not blocking field goals and punts and returning safety punts back for 60 yards. It's probably not going to look like that. Can you just play them straight up and out-coach them and not get penalties? And they've struggled in that situation. So this game, like the Giants game, like some of their just blowout games, to me don't look like the real games that they're always so disappointed after they lose. So my take on San Francisco, Cincinnati was that it's one thing if you're less successful than your brother and he lives cross town, but if he's your neighbor and you have, you see the Maserati in the driveway and that big house, it's kind of painful. He's your neighbor, right? Purdy on the same field with Burrow. You're like, oh shit. Yeah, this is not good. I mean, first of all, small hands, end of the game, strip ball comes out. That's the knock. That red zone interception. You've never seen Elway throw one of those. You've never seen Mahomes throw one of those or Burrow. That's a really bad interception in the red zone. I like Brock. He can throw the ball down the field. Had a couple of moves today, a couple of wiggles. I like him. He's a good athlete. Good athlete. But when you put him on the field with Burrow, so Kyle's lost to Brady in a Super Bowl. His dad lost to some great quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, right? Like everybody in the Shanahan family knows, you got to have an L.A. Yeah, yeah, he's lost to Mahomes in the Super Bowl with Garoppolo when they outcoached and outplayed him for three quarters. What do you do with Brock Purdy? Do you do you keep him in house? I mean, what do you do here? You know, you know, when you put him on a field with Burrow, it's not the same game. Do you know what's weird in 49er land? Uh, up until what Saturday when he was cleared for concussion, it was looking like Sam Darnold was going to play. And I think a lot of people were just intrigued. What was it going to look like? Oh, I was. Right? With Kyle, this offense, <laughs> I was, you were, everyone was. I, I was really excited. Not disappointed when the guy cleared, because like you said, he did play well up until he started turning the ball over left and right toward the end of the game. But this team is built, and this is why Kyle's been able to do it with middle-of-the-road Jimmy Garoppolo. Purdy's been better than that version of Jimmy, but win at such a high rate right. is because their defense dominated. And today, I looked up toward the end of the game. The Bengals had close to 30 first downs. They, they Obviously, they have an elite uh, quarterback, wide receiver duo. Higgins is healthy. Mixon looked like he was in his prime today, running over 49ers. Their defense is not the same, and they're not built. We've seen Kyle's record on these comebacks in the fourth quarter down eight or more points. That's not how they've ever won. And so when you're getting sliced and diced, and they've handled better quarterbacks and just kept the game close and won those games, they can't win a game where they are getting thoroughly outplayed on the missing tackles, getting run over. Burrow's going to make plays. Now, when he's playing like that, to me, that's like MVP level. He looked as good as he's ever looked, just in terms of physically. Clearly, the calf is long gone. His rhythm and timing in that game just got better and better as the game went on. 
you were surprised when he missed a pass. But the 49ers, just like last week against Kirk Cousins, if if they're getting shredded on defense in the passing game and they can't get off the field, they're just not going to win. And right now they're in shambles. Yeah, and I and I listen, it's in the early window, the best quarterback won every game. Late window, Mahomes is sick, so he loses. But you, you start looking at and Goff's gonna win tomorrow night. I mean, yeah. the best quarterback now. Once once the weather, we have a big cold front hitting the Midwest and the East, our first biggie of the year going forward. Best quarterbacks win games. Trevor Lawrence, Kenny Pickett. Now Kenny got hurt, but when you watch that game, it was Three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. You can blame Matt Canada, who's not great, but one guy was making big time throws. The Steelers are a Trevor Lawrence away from being a contender because you're watching that game. You're like, if you just flipped, gave their quarterback to this team <laughs> with that defense, holy hell. And now who knows what Kenny Pickett's injury is. But regardless, like you said, the weather turns. I mean, you and me, it's 80 degrees out. It's not relatable on the West Coast to once you get Midwest and over, honestly, even Denver over right now. It's a different level of football. I remember in scouting meetings, you know, when I did the Pac-12, I'm like, well, from a quarterback standpoint, do you want this guy in Philly? Do you want this guy in Boston? Do you want it? It is so cold. You live there forever. People that have not spent and lived out there can relate to the consistency. It's not always raining or a blizzard. It's just cold. Harder to hold the ball. You know, the weather can turn like that. I mean, for the most part on the West Coast, you kind of know when a rainstorm's coming or whatever. At a moment's notice, things can change. Temperature can dip by 20 degrees. A rain can come. And you, I mean, that New York game today was just a disaster. Two, I mean, one quarterback none of us had ever heard of against Zach Wilson. And it just, it was hard to watch. But because it is, it's what made Brady so special, right? He was so elite in the cold. And the, half his games, probably of his career in New England, came in inclement weather or just, you know, 40 degrees and below or whatever. Yeah, I mean, and so, listen, bad weather is bad for all quarterbacks, but elite guys can overcome it. I mean, Trevor Lawrence today sure. wasn't his best game ever. And I want to talk about Jacksonville and Pittsburgh because I said this in my preamble. Everybody in the room knows Jordan Love's not it in Green Bay. They're just not going to say it publicly. They're going to get out of that contract quick and draft a quarterback. But Kenny Pickett's a Pittsburgh kid. He's better than Love. He makes just enough late game throws. He's got better receivers. They're going to talk themselves into Kenny Pickett for six years, and he's not going to do anything at the end of seasons. Smaller hands, doesn't have a big arm, cold weather city, but he's good enough that they'll keep him. Jordan Love is done. They're moving off him really quick. So today you ask most fans, they think, I like where Pittsburgh is. You can't win conference championships with Kenny Pickett in the AFC. Can you pick it in the NFC with that defense? Maybe you got a shot. So as I'm watching Pittsburgh today, um, again, they do so many things well, they're just all on defense. I think we all struggle, and I don't know if it's good for the league with Jacksonville, but man, they lead the league in takeaways. They have a star quarterback, uh, the running back, the wideouts. Like, I think Kansas City is not explosive enough at wide receiver. I think Jacksonville no. could very well play Baltimore or Cincinnati in the AFC Championship. I I think beyond Mahomes' uh, flu today, I think Andy Reid and those guys know. Like, we don't have cap space. We're just not as explosive. I watched Jacksonville today in that crappy weather. That was Pittsburgh weather. And I'm like, for them to go up and win felt so substantial to me. Yeah, I, I think we know Andy and Veach. I, I would imagine they'll be sniffing around the next 24, 36 hours for a wide receiver and trying to do something creative yes. to get you know an offensive playmaker on that team. 
I'm completely with you. I mean, you turn on that game, it's just ugly. Even how expensive these cameras are, it's yes. still kind of hard to see. You're like, see this it. is, I, I don't know. And then Jacksonville had an early lead. You're like, I, these Florida teams, what's always been the knock on Miami, right? They can't win in 40 degrees when it gets ugly. Jacksonville, you kind of just in your mind, you're a Florida team, and they were just the grittier, tougher team. And they're good. I mean, that's the other thing. ETN, think about that draft. You know, I think it went back to back Najee Harris for ETN. Yeah. And in this modern day NFL, spread player you can throw him the ball in space he's a great receiver i mean etn is a modern day nfl yes. kind of hybrid running back he's not as good but that alvin kamara mode where yep. you just get him out in space let him play with speed he had a huge touchdown today to me the the steelers their margin for error tj watt has to play like he's lawrence taylor every game they need one of their dbs to get a pick the moment Pickett got banged up, and I, I kind of re-looked, I'm like, is that Mitch Trubisky? You know they're screwed. Yeah. He, he, you got no chance. And listen, there's a big gap between m- every backup in the league is a backup for a reason. But if your backup is just somewhat serviceable, you can win a game. You have no chance when Mitch Trubisky comes in the game. The other thing is, like you were talking about Kenny Pickett, think about their division. You know, Joe Burrow's one of the great players of his generation. Lamar is one of the most unique star players we've ever seen. Those guys are both what just signed $350 million worth of contracts. Where are they going? How they just you... entered their prime. And their teams are kicking ass and taking names. Now the Bengals are clearly heading in the right direction. And the Ravens, I think it's fair to say if you're placing a bet, I guess we'll see what Kansas City does over these next two days. Are they the one seed? <laughs> I mean, it's, I, that's probably where I put my money right now. So, yeah, I think Pittsburgh, you got to be kicking yourself because you have so much talent. I mean, your defense is loaded with impact guys. Pickens is just a home run. I mean, what a star wide receiver that guy is. Other impact players at skill positions, but the quarterback play, now really since Big Ben. I mean, that's I was watching the Saints today. Uh, watching would be strong. I had them on one of the boxes. Keep an eye because of Derek. They have absolutely no business to not win that division. Their team is by far the most talented. They have, you know, they're paying Derek $60, $70 million. He clearly, if he is just okay, is better than the Ritters, the Bakers. And today you saw like their impact players, but again, like they pay just to get, uh, they, they just need Derek to be, you know, 15 to 13 range and they're a 10 win team. And that's really the Steelers mindset for drafting Kenny Pickett at 20, just to be a serviceable guy. And every once in a while you see it like last week, right? When he made those plays against the, but it was against the Rams. Now you're looking back, you're like, how good really that was. And then you're watching him against a playoff team and you go, uh, you weren't seeing it early before he got hurt. And now you go this is probably the reason that you're not going to make the playoffs is because of your quarterback. Yeah, let's go over to Philadelphia and Washington. So there was a play late in the game um, where Philadelphia looked like they were going to do the tush push. And then they just worked the Washington staff and they came out of it. You knew it was eventually going to happen. And I thought to myself, they're so clever. Philadelphia is remarkable. Jalen Hurts is hurt. They have not played a complete game. They've had several good halves. Um, They've gotten bad breaks where they've often played a team that was off a loss. And I look up and I'm like, they just keep winning. Like today, they didn't play very well. They were outplayed for three quarters. No question. I I had Washington plus seven. The whole game, I'm like, oh, I got the right side. I mean, they they were complete. And Washington played pretty well. Sam Hell's not it. Sam Hell's okay. But. Not, you were a bad Sam Howell pick away from covering that game, though. I, I know. Mean, he threw a bad, he threw a bad pick. Now. But it was like Brock Purdy. It's like, you, you can make some throws. He's not it. But I watched Philadelphia. You know him well. A.J. Brown now has really, I mean, 
AJ's taken over the receiving core, the tight ends, Jalen. I if you told me today, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Kansas City, I I feel like I think we've seen the NFC. I think we see Philadelphia feels like they're not playing well and they're not only good. You notice how good they are late in situational football. They just Miami. That thing was tied 17-17. Washington. They are so good playing poorly late. They just flip it. And I, I look at them and I'm like, John, I feel like they've really pulled away from the NFC. Well, I think that A.J. Brown has a chance to go down as one of the great NFL trades in the history of the league. You know, and, and I think Howie's career has been defined by aggression and, and making moves. And he was in position to make that trade because he had made other trades that led them to have all these first round picks. And it really was a double whammy. They just didn't get a star wide receiver, but they got a star wide receiver who's like best friends with their quarterback and who has elevated that guy. Because Jalen today played much better, especially from a number standpoint, yeah. pushing the ball down the field. He's so comfortable throwing it to AJ. And then when you look at defensively, like you just said, situationally, why they're so good is because they have such high IQ football players who are elite players. Right, I mean, you look uh, look at what Hassan Reddick like right now. For oh example, God, the, the Niners the Niners just gave Nick Bosa all this money. If you just watch the two players, Reddick's a much better player right now th- than Nick Bosa. So their high end All Pro Pro Bowl level guys are playing to that level and come through in the biggest spots. Because Washington, they're a bizarre franchise, right? For over the last several years, they have kind of been they haven't sucked. And they beat. They can take down anyone on any game, yeah. random week. They definitely play the Eagles really well, but they're not good enough to make playoff runs or even really make the playoffs. They never draft high enough. Yet we're always talking about maybe should they fire their coach? And then you watch a play, you go, God, I like a lot of these pieces, but they're actually going nowhere. Right. And you're just like, God, this is kind of a waste of a franchise right. right now. And the Eagles, unlike last year, where they you know a similar game that they lost. Today, it was right there. They easily could have lost. They just found a way. And it was really, to me, because A.J. Brown and Son Reddick yeah. and those guys, that's that's a lot of money worth of player. And to me, this is all Howie Roseman. You look at, uh, in terms of just the talent on their team, they draft Jalen Carter. Well, why were they comfortable doing that? Because they were equipped on defense with high-character impact guys, especially in that unit. right? You can take flyers on guys in the draft at certain positions. When your position group in that given team is loaded with guys where he can't run the room. And Jalen Carter looks up to all these guys. I mean, they've gotten impact plays from him all season long. And uh, yeah, I mean, they just, they're, they're clearly, I mean, the Niners are falling apart right. and they, the Eagles feel like they've kind of got it together and obviously have a big game this week against the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, cause Jared Goff's inability to move is a whole, there's no question. Yeah. Jalen Hurts can move, throw indoors, outdoors, home road. Hurts, I got to tell you, um, first of all, intangibles, A++++. But I sort of like his tangibles. I kind of like him as I, you know, I, I said that Lamar Jackson is so dynamic as a runner and electric that we just don't give him credit from the prop pocket. He's pretty good. He's, he's, a lot of day games, he's really special. I think with Jalen Hurts, because he was a runner in college, Bama moved off him. First impressions matter. Like I, when I watch him in the pocket, I think he's really good. I think he sees the field. I think he's daring. I think his arm, it's not a plus arm, but it's a good arm. I think, you know, with Dak, it's the intangibles. It's not the tangibles. With Jalen Hurts, I think his tangibles are better than I give him credit for. I I was talking to a scouting director last week about Jalen. He's like, you know, when you really look at his, his just scouting report of him as a player currently in the NFL, 
he's not really an A at anything. You know, he doesn't have A speed. He doesn't have A arm strength. He's, you know, he doesn't have A Josh Allen's capabilities to break tackles and throw yeah. 70 yards down the field. But he's basically a B plus or A minus in everything. And a lot of times you think about athletic quarterbacks, you know, like when Deshaun Watson was good several years ago for Houston or younger Russell Wilson, they kind of scrambled to make the big play. Yeah. Like the underrated part about Jalen, he's actually a very, very consistent just moving the chains. Like he has no problem dumping it off to the right guy, making the right decision. He's not always looking to bomb it down the field. He's actually a very smart player in terms of his decision making. You know, a lot of his turnovers this year, it's not really his M.O., to throw the ball to the other because he doesn't really take chances beside on the go route where his guys typically win. And he's more likely to just keep the drives going. It's why a lot of these games that they've been in, they've ended up pulling out this year and haven't lost because he doesn't do dramatically dumb stuff that sometimes a super athletic playmaking quarterback can just lean into. Right. And, and Jalen, I think this gets back to Nick Saban, kind of that wiring, the way to play, making the right decision, even if it is a dump off to a tight end or running back. And the Eagles have really good tight ends and running backs. Right. So you're right. I mean, if they get going, you know, they got a new offensive coordinator talent wise, because to me, the Niners, their impact players don't look as good. They're not, they're not playing at their level where you watch the Eagles, their impact guys are playing at that level. And we know how much depth they always have. Hell, I mean, they just traded for a former all pro safety just to add to the team last week. Yeah. Who's a, who's a high character team captain level guy. Yeah. Okay. So between my preamble and this, we've done NFL. I want to spend some time on college football because I saw Oregon live for the second time. And I was three rows back I, in Washington. I saw end zone and 40 yard line here. I was three rows away. Um, really communicative verbal team. Nick's uh, landing the head coach. Michigan, to me, is the best football team I've seen. Texas is the most physically impressive team I've seen with Georgia. I think this is the best Oregon team I've seen. So I watch Bo Nix. First of all, Oregon had a fumble. It's their first of the year. Nix throws to the right person every single time. Now, whether that's coaching or him is, I if you told me the four teams I would put in today, because I do think Texas will beat Oklahoma if they play again, and Oregon will beat Washington if they play again. Michigan, Georgia, Texas, Oregon feels like my four today. Washington hasn't looked as good since that Oregon game. No. By any means. And Oregon Oregon is good on the perimeter, really good in the interior. Washington does not have, and you're seeing this, you can run at Washington, and they don't run. They're not particularly gifted guard center guard on their O-line. They have good tackles, and they're not great in their interior. Oregon could use another receiver, one of Washington's four that I like, but Washington could use about three of Oregon's defensive players in the D-line. Oregon's big. But the four teams I've seen that I go, that's different. Michigan, Texas will beat Oklahoma again. By the way, that Kansas upset was not a huge shocker. Kansas is really a dangerous team now. Coach is good. Really good. If you can win at Kansas, you're really good. But I watched Oregon again, John, and they went into Utah. And that thing was, I mean, that first drive was just boom, 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 touchdown. Crowd went silent. It was, and Utah, you don't go into Utah much and physically push around Utah. Oregon did. Would you say that game was over basically by the f end of the first quarter? I mean, you never want to count Utah out, but it was just... Crowd was... And, and I was sitting among the crowd. 
And you could, uh, the people I was sitting next to, it was like, whoa. Like it was kind of a reality check. They'd played USC, Utah came down to earth. Oregon's just really impressive. Well, it was part of the reason we were kind of shitting on USC last week is this quarterback's not any good, and Oregon made him look like you know a third string pig farmer. Yep, right. I mean, right. They, they had no chance. I, I, I'm with you. I, I think uh, Washington. I watched a lot of the Washington Stanford game. They got very lucky. I mean, a kid dropped a pass yep. late. Yep. Washington does not. Obviously, they they threw the kitchen sink, won that game at home. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say, from a gambling standpoint, Oregon will be favored in, in that significantly. Rematch. To me, Michigan, I, I just wonder is it how weird this thing is going to get the conversation because their team, clearly, if if the scandal wasn't going on about this guy sending people to all these other games, I mean, every day a new story is coming out that they fed South Carolina. You know, just is anyone going to get in trouble during the season beside them getting rid of this guy? That's not really how the NCAA works, but they're clearly the best. Hard for me to trust Texas. That, that, that would be my thing because if you just told me that – Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, or whoever was the coach of that roster, you, you might pick them to win the national championship, right? But, you know, Stark just hasn't proven it. I mean, it's just so even that Oklahoma game, which Oklahoma might be a little fool's gold. They could have lost two weeks ago to UCF. Yeah. yeah they were kind of getting worked in that game uh, against Kansas. Uh, the other thing is, to me, I yeah, I mean, I... Oregon State lost. Oregon's direction now to win this conference and be right there. You said it, I think, after the Washington game. Do you trust Bo Nix? They put a stat right when that game started, and a lot of this is that COVID year. Every player got an extra season. No no players ever started and played in as many college games as Bo Nix. So we often said this forever about BYU. They always had like 23, 24-year-olds. Yeah. They do have a big advantage just in terms of the the reps this kid had in the SEC in the tough part of the conference, right, in that division. And now two straight years in Oregon, every game has mattered. That That is a huge plus. But as a player, if they get in a tight game, can he consistently make the throws against a Texas, against a Georgia, against a Michigan? That would be my only question why they couldn't win the national championship. And I, I think the answer is yes. So I've watched him play in Seattle and Utah. Not for a second in either game was he rattled. And he played from behind in yeah. Seattle. Decisive, accurate. Um, he's Derek Carr, but I think a more natural thrower. It's a really easy effort for him. Uh, now, it could be coaches, but he throws to the right person every time. Oregon makes no mistakes. Very few penalties, no fumbles, <laughs> no interceptions. So I think Bo Nix, to me, is is not a guy that is... And we see this in pro football where he's playing, he plays great with a run game and a head. When I watched him in Seattle, my takeaway is Michael Penix is a better NFL prospect. Bo Nix is a really elite college quarterback with a ton of experience. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I, I know people were torn on him last year and a lot has to do. Do you know what's fascinating about scouting now is talking to these guys, you talk to the former staff. At a school, and usually sometimes it ends negatively. Sometimes they got fired because the guy transferred or whatever. And then he goes to a new place, and then everyone loves him. It's really hard. Now, this guy doesn't have any character concerns or whatever. But just really trying to get to the bottom of a player with all this movement, I, I, I know for the scouts out there, can be difficult to just truly gauge the write-up on the individual because you have so many people with so many different opinions. These guys play in multiple Power 5 schools – you, know, you get one negative thing, one positive thing, and he's a fascinating uh, case study because 
I would say most people in the SEC thought very underwhelming, not very good player. And you look back and you go, well, Auburn was kind of a disaster. Yes. Brian Harson got run out of town. So actually it might have had little to do with him. It might've been all on the program, right? So that's kind of what you have to balance. Cause this couldn't have gone much better over these last couple of years for him. He went from being to me, not an NFL player at all to a guy who's going to be talked about as like a top 50 prospect headed into this draft. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it's Caleb is still, I mean, USC's got lots of problems. Caleb's going one. A lot. Yeah. Drake May's probably going two or three. Harrison may go two, depending on who drafts. Um, yeah. uh, and then I think Penix feels like the third. I saw Penix play Bo Nix. Now, Penix has better receivers, but it, it was hard not to be impressed. Lanky, lefty, accurate, a lot of physical courage, sits in the pocket. Accuracy on the deep ball is beautiful. Yeah. So, it, But I think Bo Nix then falls into a group late first round, because this is also a great... Offensive tackle class, very good receiver class, excellent DN class, uh, excellent corner class. So I think Bo Nix is going to be in that sort of somewhere between at 20. Like, um, I'm trying to think who, who would just miss the playoffs. You know, it, it would it would be kind of a minute, like a Minnesota would move up six spots or something to, to get a Bo Nix. He's got a little Kirk Cousins, although, again, having watched him twice on the road, it matters. You know, at Austin, everything's easy. You go to Utah and well, Seattle, he looked good. I mean, more gifted Brock Purdy, right? He's a little bigger, oh, well, well, way, way better thrower. But but I'm just saying about a guy that a lot of college starts who just going to be arrow trending up, obviously quarterback inflation. Uh, I, I know your Trojans, though, that <laughs> you probably didn't have on your bingo card 50 to 49 well, at Memorial Stadium. You know, when I look at USC... <laughs> They're not great defensively. They're not Michigan, Texas. They're not a top eight defensive team. They're not this bad. You've seen this in your life. A coordinator can make Matt Ryan an MVP. A defensive yeah. coordinator, Dan Quinn, changes everything. Like, you give them the right defensive staff, they're okay. But Alex Grinch is, you know, and this happens. He's just not a coordinator. Forget head coach. He's not a coordinator. He's a position coach who at Washington State, you know, a lot of times guys can work at smaller schools because, you know, the athletes, they work, they work well with non-star athletes. Washington State guy. Brady Hoke is great coaching down in a smaller school. You bring him with four and five-star guys at Michigan, they don't buy Brady Hoke. They don't buy his, right? Alex Grinch with like LA kids. They just don't buy him. He comes across is he's not a very, he's not alpha. He's not defiant. He looks at times on the sidelines. I mean, you'll see these moments with him. He just doesn't even look like an elite coach. Like Clay Helton with his mouth open on the sidelines. You're like, this guy's not a head coach at USC. And I think with Alex Grinch, he's the classic coach who works well at a smaller school, but you put stars around him. It doesn't work. They they're getting worse every weekend. But but this is one of the benefits to coaching at a place like USC. Look at Ryan Day. Last couple of years, defense fall off. You have an unlimited budget. Go find yeah. the guy that you want. Pay him one and a half million dollars, and your defense immediately improves. When you're at USC, when you're at Alabama, when you're at Ohio State, you can have the pick of the litter because of the amount of money that you can pay a coordinator. Now, this gets back to what I've said about Lincoln forever. The Mike Leach kind of philosophical beliefs is how he's wired. Does he know who to pick as a defensive coordinator? Because let's face it, what was the connection to this guy? Obviously, Leach had had him at Washington State. 
And that I'm sure that was a connection where he started following yep. this guy's career and knowing about him. So it, it's not, you know, Saban, his pick of the litter is NFL college, the whole umbrella. He's just going after the cream of the crop, whoever he thinks is the best. And he can get what he got denied by uh, Dubois' guy last year. But that's who he wanted, right? He just wouldn't take the job. Don't totally blame him. Stay with Penix. But that's who he went after. Is Lincoln truly going after the guy that everyone else would want? Or is he going after a guy, maybe there's a connection through this air raid. That's what it feels knows like. Him, and that that's what gets nervous because the only way to win at the highest level – Think about some of Pete's early staffs, right? Norm Chow, Sark, Lane, some of the guys. He's the defensive guy. Him and Kenny Norton could recruit and handle that, right? But his offensive staff was full of all these innovative young guys with some older guys, NFL experience. That's when, and obviously the talent on the field spoke for itself, but the coaching in that meeting room in like 04, 05, and 06 was, I mean, just anyone listening to this, go back and Google some of those staffs. And you look at Lincoln's, you know, defensive staff, you're like, does he have the capability to find whoever his, you know, equivalent of a D'Amico Ryan or whatever in college? I don't know. I think that's going to be the biggest question mark by far because Caleb leaves. Lincoln's proven he can find quarterbacks. This is the least of his worries. Yeah, no, I think you make a really good point is right now he has been a connection coach, right? And by the way, who followed him, who didn't? Some of the coaches that didn't follow him, um, you know, were veteran people that not that they didn't like him, but it, it tells you, you know, when you leave a place, who follows you and who doesn't. So it's just a really bad Grinch is over his head. It's a really bad defensive staff. Dante Williams in the secondary is a recruiter. Nobody thinks he's a great coach. He's a great recruiter. By the way, every college staff in the country has a guy that can recruit who's not a great what you would call schematic coach. So they got some issues. I think they can solve a lot with a better DC. I don't think the D. Uh, personnel's this awful, but um, we'll see. Okay, Chargers, Bears, it's going to be awful. Uh, Chargers, Brandon <laughs> Staley should be able to win this thing. Cross our fingers on this, you, John. Good seeing you. Th- you think, you think, Colin. Have a, have a good week. Talk to you soon. The Volume. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.